you know, it's been such a gift to get to be more involved in the podcasting world community and to meet more people who love podcasts. Like, what a weird thing to love as much as I do. And to meet other people who are like that, I'm just so grateful. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. And today, what a treat. (laughs) What an opportunity. Patrick Hines, the... The Patrick Hines. Sir, I, I'm on, it's an honor to be here with you. You know, I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm true crime obsessed. <laughs> Do you know who I should talk to, Patrick? <laughs> you, found, you found the right person. I'm here. I'm here to quench your, your true crime obsession. I, I am grateful. And uh, Patrick, I, okay, let's just start there. Yeah. A number of my listeners, they may not have uh, sipped the true crime Kool-Aid yet, and uh, <laughs> right or wrong. Right. But I would love for you to share just a little bit of background yeah. for those that don't know. About me or about the about podcast? Yourself, about yourself, and we'll, we'll sprinkle in some podcasts. So I I moved to New York in the year 2000, like literally the day after I graduated college. I came here to, I was, a, I was hired to be a news associate at okay. CNBC. Cool. And it was a super cool, but like super corporate job. I knew it wasn't for me. I did it for a year. I wanted to focus on writing, so I got a bartending job, and I started writing, and I, I wrote two books, and they both got published miraculously. I didn't make a dime writing them, but it was, you know, I somehow managed to be, like, single and 20 and living in New York and having a life and being able to have a full-time, like, bartending job and writing book. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. How and many then, roommates? <laughs> I know. I had roommates and all of that, but the, the energy required to do that yeah. is only rivaled by my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter now. Fair enough. But that was kind of my life, and, and I worked service industry jobs for years trying to figure out. I knew I wanted to do something creative, and then I sort of discovered the world of podcasts in probably 2010 or 11 or 12, something like around there. And I just started podcasting as a hobby. I'm a theater kid, like a theater nerd at heart. And uh-huh. I lived in New York, the greatest like theater city in the world, and sure. I decided to make a couple of like Broadway-themed podcasts where I would interview big Broadway stars if I could get to them. And so for years, I made a podcast called Theater People. And that event, I did it for free. In fact, I did it at a loss, as every new podcaster does. Sure. And eventually, I started taking on sponsors. And this one company called Today Tix decided they wanted to sponsor the podcast. And the they sort of tracked their sponsors with like a co... It, you know, the way that we now know podcast advertising works. And it did really well. They were kind of blown away by like the number of like the... What do you call that? The conversions or whatever. Yeah. So the coupon code, they go to a website, put in the code. Yep. And, and yep. they were able to, they, they had spent like $125,000 on a, on a deal like that with the Long Island Railroad. And they had had like five uses of the code and they spent something like $4,000 on their, on their sponsorship of my podcast. And they had like 480 uses of the code. Oh, wow. And it was just a great fit. And so I, I wanted to sort of grow as a podcaster and I really wanted to try documentary style. And I went to them with this idea of like, what if instead of you guys continuing to sponsor the podcast, we make a, we have some sort of relationship where I make a branded podcast for you. And my idea was let's do a documentary style podcast about how Broadway shows develop from an idea to a full production. And I was like, I have these relationships. I know these people. I'll go out and interview everybody and I'll make a documentary about how a Broadway show gets made. Not, I mean, at this time I was still working full time and making my other podcast and I was married and I had a kid. And so, you know, I didn't know how hard that would be, but we did it. It was really successful. They didn't pay me very much money. We negotiated a season two and that was even more successful. And they paid me a little bit more money and we got nominated for like a Webby award, which I'd never been nominated for an award ever for anything. So I was like, this, it was such a a thrill. And then I decided. And and validation. And and huge validation, both for me and for the company. And 
And then I decided I really wanted to figure out a way to make a true crime podcast. And I partnered up with a, a woman named Jillian Pensavalli, who is also from the Broadway world. She makes an amazing podcast called The Hamilcast, which is like basically the official Hamilton podcast. And I didn't know her that well. And we had this idea to make this sort of nerdy, straightforward true crime show just about like true crime things, you know. And one of the segments was going to be where we would talk about a true crime documentary. And when we sat down to record that, she was like cracking me up. Like I didn't know she was so funny and I didn't know I was funny. And we just started going back and forth. These like we had taken like pages and pages of notes and we sort of threw it out. And we're just riffing on all like the hilarious things that that happened around this tragic event and in this documentary. And when I was making the pilot episode, I was like, I kind of think that this is what the podcast wants to be. And I was so scared because I thought I was going to make this boring true crime podcast. And instead I was making this really funny thing. And I didn't know if anyone would listen. Right. But we did it. And, you know, that's kind of my story. Like we, we got approached by Audio Boom, who wanted to sell ads on our show. And, and then down the road, we started a Patreon spinoff sort of subscription service where people sure. get bonus episodes for, you know, a couple bucks a month. And, and now here I am. Like it's my full time job. I just told you my whole life story. Not, not only full time, but now your husband's actually going to be working with yeah, you. Yeah, he just—I mean, like, it's changing lives, yeah. at least your own. And totally, and it has been. You know, who knew that you could make an actual living wage as a podcaster? That's amazing. As an independent podcaster, you know, like we didn't know people. We still don't know people. Like we just sort of found our way into finding an audience and building an audience and and creating sort of unique content that people really liked and sort of engaging with our audience. They were kind of like family and friends to us now. And and so, you know, people support us via the Patreon, but they also really like the bonus content they're paying for. And it's working. So we're we're just kind of like, we're just kind of going for it. We're hoping that, you know, it continues. Is there any type of opportunity, and maybe there already has been, I'm no, not aware of it, but anything down the line that is like a live element of what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we just announced a tour, actually. Oh, congratulations. Doing, thank you. We're doing a tour. We're calling it the Don't Be Garbage Tour. <laughs> and we're doing shows in New York, Chicago, New Orleans, Nashville, throughout the year. And we just, it was funny because- That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. We- we didn't like. We wanted to do live shows. We're both theater kids. We both want all right. the attention that's, we that's can get. That's kind of part of who you are. Exactly. And so we're like, we want to do this in front. It's great when we're doing it in a room and it's just me and her. But we're like, we want like, let's do this in front of people and see if we can make people laugh. And so we decided to do a live show in New York, and we announced it. And I was like, no one's gonna come. We're gonna sell four tickets, and we <laughs> sold the show out in an hour. The venue oh, was like, this has never happened before. And they're wonderful. like, do you guys want to add a second show? We're like, sure. That's found and, money for them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's a, you know, and for us, it's kind of like they took a chance on us, and and now it's like, great, we get to you know do a second show for them. And then we were kind of like, well, let's do more of this and see if people keep coming. Uh, are you- I keep saying it might be garbage. Like, you guys, thank you for buying tickets to our first live show. It might be terrible. We have no idea. <laughs> Clearly not. Uh, <laughs> are you? Do you have any kind of personal finance background? Because that can be a challenge when you're you're starting to get some opportunities. And, and... I don't, but my husband does. My okay, husband well, thank goodness. Is like a whiz, and it's one of the. Re- he's been right. our business manager since we started making money. Oh, fantastic. And when we started making kind of serious money, was when we were kind of like, okay, we need somebody to really like. You know, we don't want to just be throwing money away. We, you yeah, know, want to be a good steward of what's going on. Yeah. yeah, like we wanted to spend our money smartly. Like we want to reinvest in our podcast, and we wanted to do it smartly. And we needed somebody to help us figure out what that is. You know, how do we do that? How do we figure out the ads that we're selling? How how are we targeting that? How do we figure out? You know, all of that, all of that stuff. And so 
No, I'm a nightmare with money. I don't even like literally I'm, the money comes in and I just hand it to my husband and he makes it all work. Is this one of those scenarios where uh, someone like an audio boom will go ahead and just say, OK, you guys are promoting this or do you have a say and say, well, I don't know if that's the best. For yeah, the- we, we they always ask us if we're okay. interested in this sponsor. I think before the sponsors committed, they'll send us an email and say, like, hey, such and such a company is interested in advertising, maybe interested in advertising with you guys. Are you in? Here's the website. Check it out. And I'm always like. I can't imagine the company that I'd be like, no, I don't want, I don't want your money. I can't, I, I can think of maybe four companies that I would say, no, I don't want your money, but they are very few and far between. Uh, well, I'm curious who those are, but you know what? I, I won't put, I won't put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> off, off recording. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, man, th- uh, what a wonderful story. So uh, at what point did you realize that this is, I mean, like, cause you mentioned you'd had the, uh, the musicals and the different uh, theater type shows but with the true crime obsessed how did you at what point did you realize hey there, there's this is more than that like this is this you know, has really got momentum yeah that's a good question i think when when audio boom emailed us cold and they were like hey we really like your podcast do you want to have a call about us selling ads on your show that was kind of an indicator of like oh we weren't so naive that we didn't know that the true crime genre was popular we kind of wanted to make a true crime podcast because we had been making podcasts that didn't make any money for a long time. Sure, We both liked true crime and we thought if we were going to ever make a living being podcasters, our best shot would probably be doing something in the, in the true crime world. Where there's a big demand, yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't so surprised. I right. would say like when, I don't know, like our, we started, okay, this is getting really inside baseball, but we started <laughs> our, our podcast Right when the, like, uh, maybe three or four months before the whole IAB, am I saying that right? Yes, yes. The metrics and the, yep. So there was a whole thing where, like, we went from having, like, we had grown really fast. We had, like, 2,000 listeners, then 8, then 12, then 20, then 70, then 90. Most people can't even fathom that. That's fantastic. Well, but then the whole IAB metric came into play, and all of a sudden we went from, like, 90,000 listeners down to, like, I don't know, 20,000 listeners. Oh, no. And it, 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 what happened really fast and i was i was kind of one of the people that was like listen i would rather know the truth i would rather know how many people are really listening like and we were able to build from there and it was pretty quickly that we got back up into the 90 100,000 download wow. range i would say it probably took us 5 or 6 months to get back to that point and that was when i was kind of, like my theater podcast that i loved and i labored over and i I took so seriously, we're getting like nine, ten thousand downloads after years of working on it and selling Which for it. a niche podcast, I mean, that's, yeah, you totally. know, it's hard to knock that. It's hard to yeah. knock it, but it's also hard to sell ads on it. It's sure. also hard to like make a living doing that. That's fair. Yep. So, you know, I knew I couldn't do that forever. And so what I would say really when we launched the Patreon, I remembered we, so our whole Patreon idea was. We're going to do a one level, you know, $5 a month. We're never going to change that. We're going to add all this bonus content. We're going to make bonus episodes. And like our format on our podcast is we recap true crime documentaries with humor. It's like a funny recap show. And I was like, what if we also started tracking down people who were in those documentaries and interviewing them or people who directed those documentaries and interviewed them? So we started doing all of that and we were just adding all this bonus content. And we went from like, remember Jillian... We launched our podcast, and within a day, like, I remember the, within five minutes, Jillian was like, why aren't we making $10,000? I don't understand. And I was like, I know, that's hilarious. But then, like, within a, two weeks, we were making $10,000. Oh, wow. And it was like, wait, what's happening here? A month. A month. 
Yeah, that's you know we you have can, you, some people can live on that. Yes, <laughs> and now we have almost yeah. five thousand subscribers to our our bonus content, oh. and it's like you know, congratulations, thank you. Yeah. And I just want to say to any aspiring podcasters, like we're not, we don't know anything. Like we don't, we literally don't know anything. We just all we knew was to make good content and like be not garbage people and like you know sort of keep up with the demand. You know, like that's I don't I don't really know what the formula is that's making it work but we're just like so grateful that it is well and well deserved thank uh, you. you you absolutely have paid your dues yeah. <laughs> this didn't happen overnight i think it's that's true. The, that's the story yeah, it's i mean been you, seven or eight years you worked through a lot of different shows and different ideas yeah and you had the background of, of theater you had the background of of writing and stuff yeah uh, and which made very little money i'm assuming if oh my any God, nothing so, yeah. so, so to now kind of pull those natural gifts into this, I think, you know, I don't want to overlook that. I think yeah, that's thank definitely you. part of... It's interesting. I want to say it was Ira Glass, but I'm probably attributing this to the wrong person. Somebody said, make, like, if you want to be successful, make a lot of things and hope that one of them works. And I would say the True Crime Obsessed is probably, like, my 12th or 13th podcast. There and you it's, go. Yeah. It's the one that, like, I was like, thank God I didn't have to make 100 to find the one that stuck. Right. But, you know, it was... Uh, yeah, I've been at it a long, long time. And now you're at a position uh, where it seems like the sky's the limit. Yeah. I hope I hope it is. Thank you. Uh, you know, with the touring stuff, that's just such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. 